Hello, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Joy Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a radio ministry, podcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. We're thankful that you've tuned in today as we're preaching through God's Word. We're praying God's Word will speak to your heart as it's preached and taught from the pulpit of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. In your Bible tonight, Esther chapter number 4. Esther chapter number 4. And uh, get back to where we are in this passage of scripture. Uh, we met King Ahasuerus. He had a wife named Vashti. And Vashti, when called on by her drunken husband to parade her beauty before all of his drunken buddies, she said, no way. And her punishment was she was banished from him. And the search begins for a new queen. And the fair virgins of Persia were brought before King Ahasuerus and uh, out of a whole group of concubines, he chooses Esther. Esther, who was an orphan girl, uh, a Jew, no one knows this at the time, but Esther, an orphan girl, a Jew, raised by her uh, first cousin, Mordecai, is brought into the king's house and we don't know exactly why all that's going on is going on until we begin to see the story unfold. And the story's unfolding now because there's a man named Haman. Haman is bad news. He is the evil character in the story of the book of Esther. And Haman, he has developed a very specific hatred for Mordecai because Mordecai has decided that he will not bow to a pagan leader. Mordecai is a Jew, and he's commanded of God not to make another man a god, and he will not bow to Haman, and Haman's mad about it, and Haman has this uh, great decision that he makes. It's awful. Haman says, it'd be terrible, it'd be vain for me to just deal with Mordecai. He said, I'm going to put all of the Jews to death, and he comes up with a plan. He goes before King Ahasuerus and says, Oh, King, there's a group of people in your kingdom, a, a, a nation of people, a group of folks who don't have your laws, and they'd be better off exterminated. And Ahasuerus, being a man of the flesh, makes a foolish decision and says, Haman, just do what you want to do. Haman sends out a decree to all the uh, lands and all the places ruled by King Ahasuerus. And the decree says that in about 11 months, almost a year's time, on this specific day, we are going to have a great extermination of all the Jews that are in our land. As you can imagine, upon the uh, announcement all the Jews of the land are terribly disturbed. And one of the main people that are very disturbed about this command and this decree from the king is none other than Mordecai himself. So we come to chapter number four. Uh, we see something here that uh, we don't necessarily like to acknowledge, but it's a fact. We meet up with Mordecai and Esther and the nation of Jews, and I'll just tell you, they are going through a very, very difficult time. If you have this notion that somehow that you can give your life to Jesus and from that point forward there'll be no more trouble, <laughs> you've not lived for Jesus very long. 
If you get this notion that somehow, surely I got saved, why am I having to deal with burdens? And why am I having to carry around uh, grief and deal with things that are not pleasant? I'm a Christian. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, the Bible makes it very plain. Man is born of woman is a few days in full trouble. But that is never to overshadow the fact that God's grace is sufficient for all of our troubles. And when we come to this chapter, chapter number four, we meet Mordecai and Esther, two people that God is going to use in a very mighty way very soon. But we don't see them jumping up and down for joy. We don't see them uh, jumping up and clicking their heels. We don't see them with great big smiles on their face saying, oh, I'm trusting in the providence of God. We see them at a low time. We see them in a moment of great concern. I love the honesty of the scriptures. And I'll just tell you right now, many times when we're at our very lowest it is that time in which God is preparing to do his greatest work in our lives. The devil wants to see you in these low times and cause you to lose your faith in God or to quit serving God or turn to sin. But God, he uses low times to prove how big and how mighty and high and great he is. We're going to look at this chapter of scripture and take our message. I'd like to read these 17 verses to you. Chapter number four, beginning in verse number one, when Mordecai perceived all that was done, what he perceived was done. He perceived that Haman had manipulated King Ahasuerus into decreeing all the Jews to die in about 12 months' time. When Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. And came even before the king's gate. For none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province whithersoever the king's commandment, his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing. And many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved. And she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him. But he received it not. Then called Esther for Hatak, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So Hatak went forth to Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also, he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. And Hatak came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spake unto Hatak and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death. 
except, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I've not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to this kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. And we come to this passage of Scripture. This is a sober chapter in God's Word. And we, a lot of us, know the end of the story. If you don't, uh, I think it's even more fun to see what's going on here, not remembering what's going to actually happen. But what we need to know is at this moment in Mordecai's life, Mordecai is sitting at the gate and he is in sackcloth and ashes. That simply means he is mourning. He's got his clothes torn. He's got ashes on his head. It's a, it's a sign, a symbol, and it's a method. It's a way that the Jewish people mourn. He is devastated. Now, Mordecai is in a situation where he is absolutely devastated. And he's mourning and he's crying and he's bitter and he's fasting and he's weeping and he's wailing. Sounds like uh, a lot of fun serving Jesus. I, I read this chapter of, of scripture and, and I, I, I hear in my, the back of my head the song, there's joy in serving Jesus. There's joy in following Jesus. And then I think, well, here's Mordecai trying to serve the Lord. And what's he doing? He's weeping and wailing, crying. He's having a rough time. And then Mordecai tells Esther, Esther, you don't know what's going on yet. But your king, your husband, your king has decreed that all of your people are to be put to death. You're going to have to say something to the king. Well, Esther comes back. Hey, look, I can't just go into the presence of the king. It's against the law. And if I go into the presence of the king and it's against the king's will, that I go, I come into him, and he's, he doesn't, he doesn't, hasn't invited me. He can choose to put me to death. And so here we've got Esther. Esther needs to do something. She needs to serve God with her life. But Esther's not kicking up her heels and jumping for joy and singing, "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus," is she? <laughs> this is a tough moment. As a matter of fact, when Esther resolves in her heart to just do the right thing, serve the Lord, listen to her resolve in verse number 16. She says, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. Fast for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king. I'm going to do it, which is not according to the law. And here's what she says. 
If I perish, I perish. <laughs> now, I want you to know something. When Esther sent those words to Mordecai and her people, it wasn't light. Matter of fact, it was tough. And she knew that there was a chance doing the right thing would cost her her life. But Esther chooses the right thing. If I perish, I perish. Now, I'll just tell you, I'm convinced that there are lots of people who wave the Christian banner and wave the Christian flag who gladly do that when things are easy, easy, easy. But folks, I want to remind you of something. It's not always easy to serve the Lord. It's not always Roses and no thorns, honey and no bees. And I'll just tell you right now, I can testify that I've had a lot more joyful days serving Jesus than tough ones. But if you don't decide on a day like today, that no matter what, I'm going to live for Jesus. No matter what, I'm going to do what is right. No matter what, I'm going to keep my family in church. No matter what, I'm going to trust in the word of God. No matter what, I'm going to live a principled life. No matter what, I'm putting Jesus first. If you don't decide that now, it gets easy to turn your back on God. And I'll just tell you, turning your back on God at any time during your life will be the worst decision you could ever make. As a matter of fact, when things are getting the toughest and you're the tempted the most to turn your back on God, that is the moment in which that I'm confident that God is right on the verge of helping you break through and using you for his glory. So I beg you, don't give up on Jesus. Let's have the spirit like Esther. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. Thank you for listening today to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a ministry of faith of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. For more Bible preaching, visit us at chilhoweebaptistchurch.com or download our app wherever you get your apps, Chilhowee Baptist Church. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day.